I think it's supposed to say 700, right? Did I not say 700? I think it said 200. <laughs> I was just checking the website, but yeah, you said 200. Where are eight? 700 grass mutes? Yeah. Grassroots music? Grass mutes. Oh, it's written as 700 on the yeah, grass you, mutes. <laughs> you said 200. <laughs> We've started We're off already, well. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not editing this week, it's fine. Sorry, Tom. <laughs> Welcome to Unmuted Unmastered. I'm Will, and this is the internet's most broken music podcast. This week, I'm joined by James. Hello. And Jess. Hello. On the show this week, we're reviewing the new album by Bodega. We've got the upcoming release you need to know about, but first, the news. Let's get straight into it. The Music Venue Trust have criticised Spotify's £235 million deal with Barcelona Football Club. The streaming service have confirmed a groundbreaking sponsorship deal with the world-famous Spanish club, which will see Spotify's logo appear on match and training kits, and the club stadium renamed to the Spotify New Camp. The music venue trust in a Twitter thread said, quote, For the amount of money Spotify have agreed to spend on temporarily branding FC Barcelona, they could instead have secured a permanent future for circa 700 UK grassroots music venues. Such an investment could unleash £40 million per annum into grassroots artist talent development, from which Spotify and others are the ultimate financial beneficiaries. Next up, David Frost has admitted that the Brexit deal presents, quote, a whole set of problems, end quote, for touring musicians. Lord Frost, who was chief negotiator of Task Force Europe, which, <laughs> which sounds like a... An, sounds like a parody Netflix anime. Oh, I was thinking of like, you know, the people who made Thunderbirds and Captain Scarlet. Yeah, well, yeah. Feels like something they would have done. It totally does. Uh, he was the chief negotiator of Task Force Europe from January 2022 until he handed in his resignation back in December. Lord Frost has now admitted, however, that it was a mistake not to compromise with the EU over the issue during the Brexit negotiations. Uh, he says... We should take another look at mobility issues. There is a whole set of problems here that is making life difficult on both sides. Youth mobility, movement of specialists like musicians and artists. Lord Frost went on to argue that these problems can be solved without compromising the UK's decision to end free movement of EU citizens, despite government ministers repeatedly insisting that this is not possible. Frost added that he has been too purist that's a quote, about the issue and said that a fresh deal that removes excessive paperwork and process requirements is required. Uh, he says, we should try to get it before stating that this time we should try harder. So <laughs> pretty damning ambition of guilt <laughs> over what he's now saying is a bad deal for musicians. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, like everything all musicians have been saying and other members in the music world saying that this is terrible don't do this and now he's like oh yeah you probably were right bit of a, like a slap in the face isn't it <laughs> a little bit 
Right, that's the end of the news. Let's get on to our album review this week. We are looking at the new Bodega album. It's called Broken Equipment. It was released on the 11th of March 2022 on What's Your Rupture? The band are from New York. The label is an independent New York label. It clocks in at 42 minutes and 5 seconds. I have no quote from the band's press team which I assume they probably don't have one. So here's one from the first person with a review on Bandcamp. Home Royal says, Some bands just fit immediately. Snug yet awakening. Is this the familiarity? Gang of Four, Feelies, B-52s, and was that a Jayhawks melody? Superb, thank you. Plus, 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 X. And they add their favourite track was Throne. So... That's it for the review. Thanks for listening. <laughs> right. No, no. It's more than I can give. I like slam poetry. <laughs> we should do a bit every week where we read out Bandcamp reviews <laughs> like slam poetry. Oh. <laughs> slam camp. No. Band slam. I'll see any two Band options. Slam just sounds like a really bad startup internet venture. <laughs> yeah. James, what did you think of this album? All right, you're starting with me. Um, so <laughs> I don't sound so sad about it. <laughs> it's just that I don't want to be too harsh on this album, um, this oh. band, because they are small. But okay, well that that starts it off boding well. In general, it's just really, really didn't like this one um it didn't really how can i say this i've written it down i don't know why i'm asking that um it has a plenty of good ideas catchy riffs a lot of the songs are catchy but i just couldn't get into it like previous albums um last week's album i can listen over and over again uh, other albums are fine listening to it um listening to them but this week i just couldn't find the will to listen to it again to get um yeah to get a better idea of it but i did and i still didn't really like it um i think in general the vocals just didn't work i mean i think it's it's really the genre that's pushing that those vocal um ideas um with more of the speech and rather than a lot of of singing melodies um but it just didn't really work for me um however i think the songs that have um female vocals uh, at the forefront really did work but there was only like two or three of those um so yeah that it really kind of pushed me to not liking it um it did kind of feel a bit outdated with this kind of like punk era uh punk pop era nowadays and it just didn't have this the magic that those that era used to have um even if you listen to like the songs that i'm back now um a lot of the songs did did have like the clash influences which i noticed and i enjoyed but they came and went and they sometimes they just didn't hit it as much as i wanted them to um 
And I would say the album could be a bit shorter. Uh, you could take some songs out that I didn't like, but if you did that, the album might only be like three or four songs long at best. Um, yeah, I think I think the main thing is just like the vocal delivery. The lyrics weren't particularly great. I felt like it, the lyric, the lyrical choices were a bit predictable, and yeah, there were, there were bits in the lines where they they emphasize the end of the line and it just it just didn't work it felt cheesy it felt really forced and that's partially due to the the genre but it just didn't click yes i'm more positive than you are on it james but i do share some of the same some of the same criticisms um i enjoyed it and I enjoyed it more over multiple listens, which I mean, I guess is what you'd usually expect. But I think on about listen three, sometimes things clicked a little bit more for me on some of the songs. Um, it was quite like fast and funky, which is always fun. Had some chunky bass lines, which I like. It's probably important to note that this is a genre I normally really like. So in some ways that makes me more critical i suppose in some ways it like it gives me a predisposition to like it but other ways i'm going to judge it more rather than some of the other genres we've talked about before um the commentary on it is or like the the themes the lyrics i suppose are a really big part of it and usually it's pretty sharp i thought but occasionally it did go into the realm of being a bit too cheesy and a bit specific sometimes like sometimes you know finding these small things that everybody can relate to draws yeah it draws you into the song and it kind of is a great way of conveying a theme but sometimes they were a bit too specific and I feel like I didn't quite relate to it um I guess a lot of it is maybe being a New York kind of I don't know it felt like a very New York album it, I felt like that was supposed to be it was supposed to be that way they're from New York as you mentioned yeah. um so maybe you know because I'm not from New York that's why I didn't get it so much yeah, but even when it was a bit cheesy, I could generally kind of understand and like empathise of what they were trying to say, I thought. Even when it didn't quite stick the landing, I feel like I kind of was agreeing with the gist of it. Um, so, I mean, I'll get into particular songs where this happened later. Yeah, I kind of agree on the vocals, James. I I think it, it's, it reminded me a lot of, um, it quite often reminded me of like 90s Scar vocals which is a bit specific, but um, yeah, I think the female vocals were were pretty good and um, on a couple of particular songs, they really stood out well. Um, overall, it maybe wasn't the most modern take on the genre. Like it, it maybe could have sounded like it came from a few years ago, I think compared to other similar bands in this genre. And the other thing that's kind of a, half criticism and half praise is that it, I thought it was quite front-loaded so I liked the, the first half of songs a lot more um, I think that all the ones that I will listen to again are in the front half and then after that it started to all sound the same a little bit because they've all got quite similar beats and overall I'd, I'd like the beat and if you listen to a song on its own like take it out of the context of the album I enjoyed it but um, listening to it all in one go it, it became quite a lot and it's interesting that you could remember the title or to, I could remember the title was like um, let me put that again. If you, if you gave me the title of the song, I could remember like the line where that title comes up and it was quite catchy in my head. But then the verses all just, yeah, blended together on those songs quite a lot. 
although I did think that the choruses were quite well well written, like the sort of the chant, you know, the main hook, the main like tagline of each song was always well written, like it landed really well to me. And they had, and it's like a really minor thing because it's only on a single line often, but they had good chord progressions and I felt like it captured the feeling they were trying to go for in each song. So sometimes that was a more like sarcastic, outspoken, kind of critical song. And other times it was more like sad and nostalgic or wherever in the middle they were trying to go for. I felt like the little chorus snippets just did a good job. It was maybe just like the rest of it that didn't, um, just didn't like bring anything more special to the song. Um, yeah, that's that's mostly what I have to say about the whole album. I I think more of my comments are on like individual songs. Although I did notice that this is probably the most similar album to another one we've reviewed. In my opinion, I don't know. I'm just. I mean, I'm obviously thinking Yard Act. I feel like that shouldn't be surprising, except that was obviously a very British sounding album. This is New York, but I feel like it's an obvious musical parallel. So I'm interested to hear what you think on that. I'm going to continue the progression and be even more positive than Jess was. Um, I'm quite a big Bodega fan. I loved uh, their mini album, Shiny New Model, that came out in 2019. Uh, and I think their debut, Endless Scroll, is really good as well. Um, I think this continues that trend it's another great album from the band um it go it's a bit heavier than shiny new model was that was kind of more kind of pokey post-punk whereas this one is is more kind of like it sounds like they're aiming for live shows and on that note they played bristol this week and i'm so annoyed i didn't know about it at the time i saw that as well I, I've been wanting to see them for like three years and they finally came and I missed it. Oh, tragic. Um, I think the changes, I mean, obviously, like, uh, yeah, so in general, the tone is heavier. Um, but in places, and particularly in the second half, they do experiment quite a lot, I think, and do deviate from their bass sound. And specifically that, I think the parts where it really works well is where they kind of like personalize the band's music a bit more. So a lot of the stuff in, in that first half is kind of their traditional stuff of like being angry about change, being angry about social justice and talking about very New York centric issues. And actually moments like Pillar on the Bridge of You and All Past Lovers, which, both of which I really like, are actually like a lot more kind of emotion based and about kind of feelings and i think that's i mean that's something really new for the band and i think that works well for the longer runtime because shiny new model was about 15 minutes long and the uh, endless scroll was about half an hour so this is pushing things a lot longer than previous uh, releases have um i think that first half really kind of exemplifies them doing their sound really well with a few kind of additions in for this record the second half i think on those tracks that i mentioned uh i think the experimentation works for me some of the other tracks on that second half haven't really clicked yet but it's the kind of thing where realistically i'm probably going to listen to this album a lot and maybe you know half a year down the line I'm going to get into those tracks once I've like run the other ones into the ground so 
I think in the long run, I'll be happy for the changes up, but for now, it's not really doing it for me. I don't find their lyrics particularly cheesy. I think sometimes they make the message a bit on the nose, but also a lot of the time it's the message can be left so obscure in the verses that you kind of need that kind of kick to this is actually what we're trying to say in the chorus to kind of bring you around and give kind of a rallying motivation to what they're saying. And about specific like that, this just kind of their thing. They sing about New York. It's, it's what they're going to do. <laughs> and actually, I feel like on some of the tracks here, they do make it a bit broader. I mean, obviously, on some of the songs that are kind of more about emotional issues, that's kind of a bit more universal. But on uh, CIPR, like they're kind of hitting on wider topics that aren't just New York-based in a way that I guess they haven't really done before. So yeah, I'm pretty positive on it. There are just those few tracks that haven't really hit for me, but otherwise I'm I'm really loving it. You do make a good point about seeing them live. I think I think I would would actually like love them love seeing them live, but like a studio album doesn't really work for me. Then I think they just bring like a lot of energy and vibes. Also, with the second half, to me, it may not be that necessarily they're they're that much worse. It, it, I think it might just partly come from the fact that it's a, a a lot of relatively similar sounding songs and therefore the ones at the second half are naturally just going to suffer a bit more in terms of like your attention span. Um, listen to them separately, they probably get a higher review. I think I actually preferred the second half. Yeah, especially songs like um, After Jane, the last one. Uh, you mentioned All Past Lovers as well. Um, I thought that was going to be a more like delicate song. It wasn't. I guess it wasn't in general, but yeah, it it had more of a like a melody which I could follow. I think that's why I liked it more. Let's get into the second half then. Um, I guess for me, it kind of kicks off with uh, "Pillar on the Bridge of You." I guess that is actually like the one after halfway. So yeah. I don't know why I said it for me. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's the first time they have that kind of more emotional slant. And also I got kind of Heroes by David Bowie vibes. Yeah. It's got that kind of guitar sound, doesn't it, to it? Yeah. So, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna pick up on that. I got that, right? And there's another song which itself sounds quite similar to... Sorry. Itself sounds quite similar <laughs> to um, Heroes. <laughs> it sounds similar. Um yeah, anyway, the song that sounds similar to Heroes is um, All I Want by LCD Sound System. Yeah. I thought, I not only got it on that song, which I cannot remember the name now because it's long, I also got that a lot on All Past Lovers. I think it's the guitar tone and the kind of guitar solo you get in it and and the sort of, I, I couldn't quite tell if there was a piano going on in the background. It sounded like there maybe was a sort of repetitive piano going on. So it's interesting you pick up on that too. I was like, is that too niche Uh comparison <laughs> i guess it kind of speaks to the, what they were kind of aiming for though right if if they're yeah. trying to write an album that's going to be great live like go for this stadium rock yeah i think that would sound. that would be a nice change in a show you know it would you would notice the shift there and like focus from being less punky um yeah i, I really liked all past lovers i'm just gonna like grab you on that as well that you mentioned already Mm. I really like what they do with the lyrics on that track where they're, they're kind of talking about relationships and how 
actually a lot of the person you love is in like their previous relationships and how those inform future relationships and everything like i think that's a a nice conceit for a track yeah i think like you said it's universal enough as well that a lot of people can relate to it in some way or another and it leaves it open enough for you you to put your own interpretation on it which i think is nice it wasn't too it wasn't just name dropping companies like a lot of the other songs do or i know it's not it's about a different topic but you know it did it was a bit more general and yeah, the actual theme is one I haven't quite heard before in a song. Like the, that specific theme of around relationships was a a nice one. Yeah, a nice sentiment. It's quite like bittersweet and it was quite subtle, I think, which, yeah, in comparison to the rest of it, made it stand out more than the rest in the second half for me. I'm surprised you haven't picked out How Can I Help You as a track. Because I, I feel like that one brings in kind of a surfy... 60s American rock type of vibe, <laughs> which I feel like would be right up your street. I've noted down that I liked the, that was one of the ones in particular. So I mentioned before that I like the choruses on some of the tracks, but the rest of it doesn't stand out. And that was the one I noticed for that as well. So I think, yeah, maybe taking out the context of the album will give it more of an appreciation from me. This was the song actually um, I got the Clash vibes from, especially in the verses, less, less the choruses. Um, so I guess that is the blend there. James, you mentioned After Jane. I feel like this is one on the second half that I've kind of gone back and forwards on, where initially I thought this is a bit weird for, for like the ending track on the album. And I feel, but I quite like the song. I just feel like it's a weird spot to put in it right at the end. Yeah, I agree on the placement. Might have helped break it up a bit more. If it was somewhere else. Yeah, it's an odd place. This one was interesting for me because it, rem- it kind of reminded me of Unplugged Nirvana, um, MTV album. And yeah, it, it was one of the top songs in the album for me. So I, I guess that's probably why. Um, but one thing that kind of um, put me off a little bit was the timing. I don't know if this is just me. My timing in general is pretty bad anyway. But it sounded like... He, uh, the guitar and the vocals just were out of time for some reason. Like, felt like there needed to be a metronome somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that was just me at the time, but yeah, it felt out of time. Maybe they just don't know how to end an album without Truths Not Punishment, which they've ended both of their previous albums with. <laughs> if I buy the CD and it comes with that as a bonus track, that would be fantastic. Give me like a few minutes of silence and then... <laughs> I don't even need a new recording. Just give me the old one. Should we go backwards then and get on to the first half? Let's do it. Because I I feel like, especially on first listen, these are the tracks that are going to hook you. I mean, it's where all of the singles are. I think Throne opens the album in a strong way. It builds a lot of tension. It's got like some cool kind of like panned, high-pitched guitar chugging. Yeah, Throne is one I instantly liked because it's just like high-paced, fast-paced and high-energy and very funky. And just the sort of thing I like even even without caring about lyrics and themes. It's just one I like on the surface sound of it. I don't think it was very catchy, especially um, the harmonies between the both vocals. Um, but yeah, this kind of fell into the cheesiness for me straight away so uh, it probably left a bad taste straight from the start 
I'm imagining you probably didn't like Doers then. No. This... I feel like, for me, this is the one that gets <laughs> the closest to that line, but I, st I still think it pulls off being, like, sarcastic and snarky, because my key thing is, if you're going to be sarcastic, it can't be ambiguous, because at that point, it's just bad. Like, in the track, like, it's, it's pretty consistently clear when they're being sarcastic and, like okay, actually, we're going, we mean this seriously, these parts we don't. Yeah. It, when it was singing the doers, like, the city made for the doers, the city's made for the doers. And it just scratched me the wrong way. It, it didn't it didn't feel right. I noted here that it feels like <laughs> a song that you put on in, like, a coming-of-age movie with, like, the girl. <laughs> I don't know, she's done something and she feels really cool about it this is what you'd put <laughs> yeah i get that yeah this is the one that i noted down as like when i wrote about it being too cheesy i think this is so i i got the gist of what they're saying and i still enjoyed it but i can't quite say that it wasn't a bit too on the nose for me at the same time just particular bits i was like yeah i i agree with what you're saying but they were very specific with the examples. Um, it might kind of like date it in a bit of an odd way as well. Actually, I think it, yeah, I think it probably will. So I enjoyed it, but yeah, I think it wasn't quite as poetic as maybe some other similar bands have been, similar songs, you know, even while being sarcastic. Maybe I'm being like um bad reviewer, like pontificating about nothing, but I feel like, partly that might be deliberate or at least might be kind of part of the vibe where they're kind of happy for it to very much sit in this state of it being this was an album written in 2021 or whatever and it's about this moment and years in the future it's gonna feel like new york in this moment because they i mean they do place it really strongly mm. so i'd for me, I'm okay with them doing that both temporally and location-wise. Yeah, I think that's fine. There's a lot of artists you look back at now which sing about their current events and that music still works. Like, 90s hip-hop did it a lot and those songs still work. So I don't think it's negative, really. The next song, Territorial Call of the Female, is... The song I have stuck in my head right now, and this is probably, yeah, probably my favorite actually, and it's just so catchy, and like I said, it's uh, it's one it's one of the ones with the female vocals. It felt more self-aware. I put um, catchy tune, and just the tonal quality of the vocals as well. Um, they hit different from the rest of the album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one had good vocals on it. Just brought out a slightly different sound overall yeah i think this vocalist kind of sticks on that theme quite a lot i mean looking back to the the stuff on the previous record you've got like domesticated animal which very much hits on the same kind of uh women being repressed type vibes but i feel like every time they do like a similar theme track they do always find kind of a new way to do it if that makes sense and kind of a new angle on it so it doesn't feel like they're just kind of retreading the same like 
women should be empowered vibe, which is obviously an important thing to say, but you know, musically it could be become stale if you keep hearing the same thing over similar types of tracks. And that kind of links into Statuette on the console, right? The other track where she takes over lead vocals, uh, which I think is one of the strongest tracks on the album, where all of that tension that's been built up over the rest of the first half, which most of those tracks are quite kind of reserved with moments of kind of explosion, I guess. Statuette on the console just kind of lets it all out and is just like a two minutes, like, Ramones inspired punk track. Yeah, I really enjoyed this one. It was very catchy, very punky, very energetic. Yeah. Nice that it just lent into that hard for one song. Did you see what they did for that track um, as a single for the record? No. They uh, released the track, uh, but they also re recorded it in eight other languages. That's cool. Hmm. And just put them all out. That is very cool. That's cool. Yeah. The lead up to this album has generally been really good. So Doers was the first single, which might not have got you two on board. Um, but they've been releasing like B-sides for each of the tracks. Uh, so Doers had a B-side, Throne had a B-side, and then they did that for Statuette on the console. So they've been kind of giving fans more stuff, which I always appreciate. Nice. When there's like a band I'm really into and they, they do make the effort to make these singles worthwhile rather than just being a tease before an album. I do want to talk about uh, NYC Disambiguation quickly because I really like that song. I feel like the chorus has like such a great like bluesy rhythm and like a bluesy melody as well to it that it mm. kind of forces that almost sing-along type feel which really works for me, especially in the context of the track of what it's kind of building up to. Yeah, I thought this was a really good one as well. It's a highlight for me. And it's quite different to the others. I think it has maybe the most variation in sound between the... Um, or in like in terms of energy and loudness from the verse to the chorus. Like It really seems to explode out on the chorus, like you said. And yeah, that would be, be good at a concert, I bet. But yeah, I liked the... I really enjoyed the lyrics on this one because it's, you know, naturally... This one is directly about New York. And yet it was, because it was just basically a fairly straightforward factual history lesson, it didn't alienate anyone from sort of understanding what they were saying. Um, and they didn't really try too hard to drive the point home and use like, yeah, any any metaphors particularly. Um, it just kind of let you come to your own conclusion on it, which is the same conclusion they were trying to get you to think, but they didn't. They didn't like point you to it and say, look, this is what we want you to think. They just kind of put the fact out there and then it makes it more effective when you join them in thinking what they're thinking. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Cool. Um, I guess I, I mean, I guess it is factual, but I slightly disagree. Like when the singing comes in with the New York was founded by corporations, it felt very in your face. And it felt quite, I don't know, obvious. Not sure if that's the word, but it was a bit too much for me. <laughs> Maybe I'm just weak, you know. Um, but I don't know. It just it didn't click. And maybe I'm not getting the the humor, the um, sarcasm. But 
I think that that was the one part of the song that kind of put me off from the rest of the song. I think I do I do think the rest of the track had some great like punk rock feeling to it. Um but it was just this one moment that put me off. Yeah, I I've heard some other people don't like it as well. So it's maybe it's a bit of a polarizing one. I think the chorus on the first listen I didn't really understand it either or maybe it, it I was a bit like this is this is kind of in your face. Um until I listened to the rest of it and actually I did genuinely learn something from from like the lyrics and looking it up. So then once I came back with a better understanding of New York, I guess, um, it yeah, it made more sense. And this is a just one more thing. I don't know what it is, but it had a New York sounding vibe to it. And I say that in a way that like I don't know what to pinpoint on this, but a lot of other songs I've heard about New York have this sound and this has the same sound. I don't know why. <laughs> What is it? It has that sound of a song that's about New York. I don't know how to say that. It's kind of strokesy, right, isn't it? Mm, yeah, I, yeah, I guess. Yeah, who knows? Mm. But it had that. I feel like the big thing with Bodega is that, okay, they do come out with some things that, like, surface level do feel a bit um, obvious. Right, they're saying, like, New York was founded by corporations like that feels like something that you know high school writers might come up with but if you do actually dig into the other lyrics they do kind of back all of those things up with like deeper meaning like they're not just saying it to get like reddit karma points <laughs> they're saying it because they've done research and this is it's kind of like the the thesis statement right and then yeah. they kind of yeah, going and evidence yeah. it in the verses it's just like the catchy bit to give people like the abstract. this is what you need to know yeah exactly <laughs> and, and then you can you can dig into the evidence and the the uh conclusions if you really want to yeah i can't believe this album doesn't come with references at the bottom but yeah that's a much better way of putting it that's the b-side um i feel like my words aren't really coming out the best way today but yeah I agree. One last track I want to talk about is CIRP, Counterintelligence Roleplay, which I really like and it's grown on me a lot. I feel like they, again, they kind of take on a wider topic of, I I think, I've read through the lyrics and I still don't quite understand what <laughs> they're actually getting at, but I guess it's about kind of surveillance culture in the US. So they're kind of widening the scope beyond just New York, although obviously it's something that New York kind of plays this big role in, given its history. Yeah, you've picked up on like pretty much exactly the same songs that I was going to anyway. And I have yeah a similar feeling where I don't quite know if I really understood the metaphor in a song fully, but I know that there is one. And I did on the surface level like what they were saying. I thought it was quite, it was actually quite funny in a way, like just, all these lines about cinemas and like film trailers um, and adverts and people's phones going off. And yeah, I kind of roughly got, I think, what they were trying to say with it. But even just looking at it completely straight, it was it was quite enjoyable. Um, and it had a Carly Rae Jepsen reference. So I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> Song's a good one. Album of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Unless Carly Rae Jepsen releases an album, obviously. Okay, yeah. And it includes the line, New York was founded on corporations. Or by. 
I really hope Carly Rae Jepsen just releases a cover of all of these songs <laughs> as an album. I'd love that. Any closing thoughts? I think, by the sounds of it, maybe I didn't delve into the lyrics as much as I maybe <laughs> should have. Um, but I still think the instrumentation still didn't uh, meld together as much as I wanted it to. Um, there were a lot of like weak, flimsy starts to the songs. Um, the guitars and the vocals and the drums just didn't fit well collect- collectively. Um, later on in the tracks, they did. Um, but yeah, for me, it just things didn't work together nicely. Um, and the way I interpreted the lyrics really kind of like pushed that over. So would you recommend our listeners go and listen to this album, Jess? Yes, I think so. James? I think if you're ready for it, you could probably, like, really... (laughs) Are you ready? (laughs) I'm just going to say no, probably not. I think you should definitely go listen to this album and the rest of their catalogue. They're great. Right, where are we going to rank it? Uh, The current rankings stand as... At number nine, we have Earl Sweatshirt with Sick. At number eight, we have Burial with Anti-Dawn. At number seven, we have String Machine with Hallelujah, Hell Yeah. At number six, we have Jack Francis's self-titled album. At number five, we have Beach House with Once, Twice, Melody. At number four, we've got Yard Act with The Overload. At number three, we have Bonobo with Fragments. At number two, we have Animal Collective with Time Skiffs. And at number one, we have Black Country, New Road with Ants from Up There. I have a strong feeling about where this should go. I'm struggling a bit. I feel like it may be divisive. I think it should go at number four, just above Yard Act. It's getting to that difficult problem where I think it should go above some of the higher ones and below some of the lower ones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had a thought about this before the podcast started. Um, and like talking with you guys, maybe I would like it more, but I still think... I would put it at, um, after old sweatshirt. Oh wow, I'm gonna I'm gonna go somewhere between you two. I think to be honest, I reckon I'd put it in maybe about seventh. So below Jack Francis. Below Jack Francis, which is mad because like this is a genre I like, and Jack Francis is a genre I normally don't like. But yeah, this is the way it's gonna be. Below Beach House. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly, I would put, I would have put Beach House a lot lower. That was one. That was the one, the one that I um, disagreed most on at the time. This is when it gets Below really Jack hard. Francis, yeah. <laughs> this is when it gets hard. I'm sorry. I just liked Jack Francis's album more than I thought I would, and every time I go back to it, I'm like, yeah, I actually just surprisingly good. What can I say? Try not to be biased but against genres I like. Make of that what you will. I'm sorry, give me that face. <laughs> I, I would argue, I think I say this every single week, I might like it more than Jack Francis, but it's just that Jack Francis is there. What? James wants Jack Francis I want him to go to, to 11th place. <laughs> Can I use my tokens, please? But I, I liked Antidon and I want it to be higher. <laughs> this is hard. 
I feel like this and The Overload are very similar albums, right? Just in terms of general genre, they're both going for post-punk. Yeah. I feel like this one is more consistent. I feel like this one does more new stuff, maybe with the exception of um, Dead Poppies. Was that the track? Or Tall, Tall Poppies? Poppies? Something like, yeah. On Yard Act. Wait, you're saying you think this is better, sorry? Or Yard Act is better? Yeah. I think this is better. I'm just going to keep the conversation going until someone agrees with me and let me have it where I want <laughs> Oh yeah, second will do. Yeah, that's right. Perfect. <laughs> Let's vote. Who thinks that Bodega's Broken Equipment is better than Earl Sweatshirt's Sick? I'll say it is better. Yeah. Yeah, I think it is as well. Who thinks it's better than Anti-Dawn by Burial? I do. Yeah. Nope, James isn't going James for James is it. pointedly looking away from the camera. <laughs> Who thinks it should go above String Machine? I do. Yes. Who thinks it should go above Jack Francis? Once I again, do. this is the sticking point. Um, okay, I'll put it above. That's where I stop. So I'm going to vote for it to be above Beach House, but no one else will. Which leaves it at number six. Wait, I don't know. Maybe it could go by Beach House. <laughs> I would just didn't enjoy okay. Beach House that much. I don't know. James, what do you think? Would you put it above Beach House? <laughs> <laughs> James is out of contention. He's given up his vote long ago. Tom. <laughs> Who thinks it should go above Beach House? I do. Oh, I need to listen to these albums again. <laughs> All right, fine. Reluctantly, I place it above Beach House. Who thinks it should go above Yard Act? <laughs> I do. No. <laughs> okay. So it's going in at number five. I like that I've just basically bullied people into agreeing with <laughs> you. You made me put it three episode. higher than I originally did. No, too high. In fairness, I didn't make you. <laughs> oh, no, it wasn't really three high. I convinced you. <laughs> Fine. This is a... Oh, can we have like a sorting algorithm, please? This is... I don't know what we're this working is on right now, but it's difficult. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is so <laughs> the new rankings are at number one, Black Country New Road with Ants from Up There, at number two, Animal Collective, number three, Bonobo, number four, Yard Act, New Inn at number five, Bodega with Broken Equipment, at number six, Beach House, and number seven, Jack Francis, number eight, String Machine, number nine, Burial, and number ten, Earl Sweatshirt. Ten albums, guys. Yay. Right, now that that's done with, let's get on to upcoming releases. Oh, yeah, we have that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thanks, James. <laughs> uh, first up, Jamaican reggae singer Coffee has a new album coming out called Gifted. Quite excited for this one. I think it's going to be really good. Uh, Gorillatos are releasing a new album called Famously Alive. It will be their debut for Sub Pop, who... If you're not acquainted with, you can go back and listen to our episode where we looked at Sub Pop from a while ago. Australian band Camp Cope are releasing a new album called Running With The Hurricane. Kavinsky is releasing a new album called Reborn. It's his first in nine years. Uh, he's probably one of the most referenced artists on this podcast, so probably worth having a listen to some of his stuff. Destroyer are releasing a new album called Labyrinthitis, and Wallows are releasing a new album called Tell Me That It's Over. 
that's it for upcoming releases and that's it for the show thank you for listening thank you if you'd like to listen to more episodes they come out every monday you can subscribe on your podcast service of choice it probably has a notification setting so you can be notified every time one comes out if you want to keep in touch with us in other ways you can follow us on twitter at unmuted weekly and on instagram at unmuted unmastered you can also contact us at unmutedunmastered at gmail.com the album for next week will be crash by charlie xcx can't change it now nope nope can't change it the sorting algorithms out there bubble sort oh yeah quick sort quick sort i think we should do that next time have you seen the have you seen the youtube videos of things being sorted <laughs> or different different <laughs> sorting algorithms it's really it's well, like more how interesting. it's made <laughs> yeah it's i've seen one where it's like it has sounds um oh like <laughs> how sound do I describe this? i sound like a complete idiot um, <laughs> so each it sorts like yeah, increasing numbers, and then each number has associated with it a sound that like increases in pitch, I guess, as it gets higher. Oh. So when it's like, so when you when it's sorted, it's like, but then as it goes through, it's like it plays it as it sorts through each one. It plays the number that it's sorting, and obviously when it's doing different algorithms, it like makes it into different melodies. It's very cool. I think we watched the same one. I just never watched it with sound on. I was only there for the visuals. James, you're missing out. You're not really an audio fan, are you? <laughs> I guess not. James didn't like Bodega because he doesn't like audio. <laughs> I just didn't listen to it. Where does the sorting algorithm playlist rank on our list? Number three. Oh, this insertion sort is a good one. <laughs>